Hey, Pride fam, get ready for a brand new episode of Pride Pride the the Podcast. Podcast. Featuring special guest, music artist, Alex the Astronaut. So grab yourself a treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Hello, hello, hello. Hola. I know you're waiting for another episode of Pride, the podcast. <laughs> okay, that was really lackluster. Let's try that one more time. Welcome back to another episode of Pride, the podcast. Thank you so much. And a special shout out to Rehab Entertainment. And we are so excited that we have Alex the Astronaut, musical artist Alex the Astronaut, as our guest today. So in a little bit, you'll be hearing from her. But first, how has everyone been? Isn't it just a lovely summer? I was going to say, bitch, it's hot. It is so hot. It is so hot. I keep getting uh, notifications from Con Ed and are like, hi. Due to extreme heat, you will see some outages uh, to power going out. So please only, it said, said, please only run one air conditioner at a time. (laughs) Well, you should be seeing what the Texas residents are getting, like from Governor Abbott. He's like, please turn up your AC two degrees. Please turn off all the lights from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. Please do this. Please do that. Because, you know, they have their own special non-functional electrical grid so he can go fuck himself anyway um life has been great yeah so i it was recently amazon prime day mm-hmm. this is prime do you want to tell us Optimus how all prime. that went <laughs> sure um this has been series on amazon prime okay, yes. there, there you go yes thank you for that plug um literally y'all this has been probably the hardest week I've ever had to work in my professional life. I got back from vacation and my first day back to work was Monday, okay? And Sunday, I looked at my emails and I had over a thousand. I was like, no, 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 no. So it really scared me. So Monday, I went into the office and I know I knew I had to go to Jersey on Monday, which Jersey is where the Northeastern Amazon Fulfillment Center is. I knew I had to go to Jersey then to like do some media interviews or whatnot. But I get up to email like 374 (laughs) and I see my itinerary and they're like, Brayden arrives at the Amazon Fulfillment Center in Jersey on Monday. Brayden departs the Amazon Fulfillment Center on Tuesday. Brayden leaves in 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. I did not, I did not take an overnight bag to work. I had no idea I was spending the night. This is my first day back at work after a two-week vacation. Oh, my God. And so I, like, sprint home, throw shit in a bag, throw food and water out for the kids, and then run back to the office, hop in the car, go to Jersey, do the whole shit, and then I get an email. Brayden's call time for Tuesday is 2.15 a.m. <laughs> wonderful. That's just so wonderful. That's just so wonderful. And that, that was prime day. So at 1.30, I wake my happy ass up. You had a hotel, right? 
I well, I wouldn't even call it a hotel. It was in Robbinsville, New Jersey. It was like a, a motel. It wasn't a motel. It was like the in between. Right. Um. Anywho, wake up at one thirty. Call time at two fifteen. First media appointment is at three thirty, and do the whole media spiel at the warehouse, which actually was like really really cool to see how like everyone packages the products or finds the, the robots find the product workers package it then the conveyor belts like robotically automatically know which truck it goes to it was just like so unreal to see like this first of all the warehouse is 98 football fields long wow so it's fucking humongous and I, no, I'm not even gonna tell you how many steps I walked that day and how many calories I burned. I was like, I was like so hungry. I didn't even have coffee oh, until like 11 a.m. Anyway, it was insane, but it was so cool. I was like watching GMA. GMA was there, and I was like with the cameraman, and he was filming live, and I was watching GMA live on my phone. So I was like seeing his live shot on GMA while I was watching on my phone. It was really cool. Um, anyway, it was a 16 hour work day, came back and went to bed at 6.30 p.m., slept for 14 hours and then went back to work the next day and we're still in the midst of it from like a recording. Uh, did you happen to see any packages come through with our names on it? Right. We definitely I did. I, I did. I did. And oh, I threw them at the end of the line. I I, I know because I threw them at the end of the line. Oh, well, I need mine because um, I have to, I need it. I've seen like what you're talking about on TikTok. People will go live and be like, you know, pulling items for for shipments. And it's like, yeah, the, the big robot comes by. Mm-hmm. They grab it out of the little bin. They box it up. And then it goes away. And it's just like, they're just it's, live. So they have all this. the things we need in the Amazon warehouse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you click add to cart, that is in the Amazon warehouse, and a robot goes and picks it out, throws it in a in a yellow bin, ships it, or the conveyor belt sends it to a worker. The worker packages up, throw the box on the conveyor belt, then the robots like push it to whichever truck that the truck is going to. And all the time, that worker makes two seventy five an hour. That's not true. They get paid very well, and they get the same benefits that the corporate employees. Get. <laughs> she's, a, she's a company girl now. <laughs> I will defend that company. I mean, it's I'm just stating facts. So you, uh-huh. so you like Jeff Bezos? Is what you're saying? I haven't met him. I don't know him. Born in 1964, Jeffrey wow. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> well, I know he got me by the throat because I acted up on Prime Day. <laughs> yeah. Good. I was so I mean, happy for really, you. Like, you buy? Huh? I thought he like got like he like gave up his rights to Amazon or something or his mm-hmm. wife something happened I thought. Well, he got a divorce. Oh, did his wife get some of that? A hundred percent. Well, not a hundred percent, fifty percent. Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> she got something. Okay. Wait, y'all haven't heard that song I was just singing? No, no, oh, no okay. definitely not. I spent too much time on TikTok then. Yeah, like it's a TikTok sound. <laughs> Come on, Jeffrey, you can't do it. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, never mind. Uh, you suck again. <laughs> you suck again. Um, wow, that sounds like a whole production day. It sounds like a private yeah. series. 2.15 a.m. call. Rabbit. Honestly, I thought about that. I thought about that. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm going to be going to Washington, D.C. next week. For- you marching? Huh? I you should marching? be. 
I should. No, I'm actually going to be on set for the documentary we're shooting currently. That's amazing. So I'm going to be there for a few days. And, cool. You know. Well, good luck, because now you have to claim DC taxes. Ew, no. Yeah. no it, I hate working <laughs> in another area, because I'm having to do that with my current uh, second situation that I'm doing out of LA. <clears throat> um, but I didn't have to do that when I went to um, Spartanburg That's last okay. year. They're, they're going to call you soon. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> they're going to call you Nobody sent me anything. Because uh, Maybe because it's all done through like media services. I mean, mine was, and it was when I was in Alabama, and Alabama show sent me. It was, it was attached to my W-2, and it says on there, like, New York mm-hmm. and then the state you visited. IRS, so you might have missed overlooked it. <laughs> yeah, you Just might. call me Jen Shaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might have overlooked the, oh, the, the back of y'all vote sheet and then got disqualified. Hey, hey sh- 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 so let's talk Jen Shaw real quick. So <laughs> right. she now is coming forward and is uh, pleading guilty. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah that is correct. Pled guilty. Damn, that dumb bitch. So how do you? So I wonder, is it one of those things where like she didn't do it, but there was so much evidence of like foul play that like they're like, if we go to trial, you're not. Gonna you're play. gonna lose. You're gonna lose. So she probably or, took the plea deal. That's what I think. She took an easier and just like, uh, you're not gonna win this. I mean, either way, she there's enough evidence that was stacked against them where they were like, girl, you're not gonna win. This. Yeah, yeah. Was she guilty or not? Brittany Griner pleaded guilty too. She was like, let me just plead guilty and let me get out of this situation right, with like yeah. the least amount of repercussions. Yeah. Right. Well, I'd be pleading guilty to everything. Well, that's what happens. Like, it's just, it, they make it easier for you if you plead guilty. Nobody to wants things. to go to trial. Right. And it's because it's like, we can go to trial, but you, you have the huge possibility of losing. Right. And, and first of all, she can't afford, her. she literally can't afford lawyers to go to trial with. And she has to pay how many millions? Like I don't even know. I can't yeah. count that high. Yeah. She has to pay the people back. It's like nine million. Some something crazy. She ain't got it. I mean, the thing is, is you know, Andy Cohen has finally released his statement about it, and he's just like, "I'm upset." He said, "I'm because we asked her face, you know," and she was just like, "I swear to you, I didn't do it. I'm gonna be on this couch with you next year." And it's like, well, her trial, I don't believe it's until her sentencing, I guess, isn't until November 28th or something like that. So she had time. So they have time to actually film film her. Well, she's already filmed the second, uh, the the current season. She's already filmed the third season. In she's already filmed that. And they have time to film the reunion. They also have time to honestly jump in and film a whole fourth season. And then still have seasons with her. They're already done filming Salt Lake? Mm-hmm. The third season. They, they, they wrapped it when they came to New York to start her trial. And that was like the last part of it. Start to like find out. Yikes. Well, I can't wait. I mean, maybe it'll be like a Teresa situation. She'll only go to jail for like... Two years? Yeah, I mean, she's so amazing. Like, she can't go to jail for... <laughs> <Yeah. two. laughs> I love I don't know how that show is going to... So a lot of people on Twitter have been talking. They were like, we don't know how that show is going to survive without yeah. her. And even though people did not like her, Mary. Like, they were like, they were good Mary. housewives. And they were... Mary was not a good housewife. Mary was a horrible housewife. Listen, I'm telling you what the Bravo fans are saying. I agree with y'all 100%. I hated Mary. But if you go and you look at the Bra- uh, Bravo polls, people are upset that Mary's gone. Like, we are normal people, but Bravo fans are clearly are not. And they are like, we don't know how the show is going to survive without them. It'll be just fine. I doubt it. I doubt it without Jen, especially. I mean, Meredith, what is she going to be doing? 
Lying. Oh, I hate Meredith. What Lisa gonna be doing? Trying, to, trying to produce. <laughs> They're all liars. So yeah. Heather still like ain't seen her Mormon family, even though she filmed with them off camera. Like, what are they gonna do? So we'll see. We will definitely see. We will see. Reality TV man. So speaking of something a little bit more real, did everyone see what happened um, with the Uvalde police? Um, the Oh, the, the footage Austin, came out. So the Austin yeah. Statesman actually um, released online the footage. Um, and a lot of people are outraged, and particularly because they did take out the sounds of the kids screaming, but they left in the shots. Um, and a lot of the parents are upset, as they should be, because they were not notified beforehand that it was mm -hmm. going to happen. Um, do you think that it was right that they released the footage? Or do you believe that they should have also taken out the shots as well? Because... I'm on the belief in that I think that we need to see footage like that in order for those people who think that, oh, gun violence ain't real or it's all made up, in order to really get them to see what happened. But I do think the parents should have been notified first. Of course. Yeah. I think like, they should have been at least warned, like, hey, the trigger warning. Right. But no. no. Not a trigger warning. Ah. Wrong, wrong word choice. <laughs> I mean, it's it very is, American. It so. Yeah, it is what it is. I'm American. just trying to stay on brand. Yeah. I just, yeah, so I 100% think that, yes, the footage should have been released. Yeah. Um, I well, don't know. Abbott tried his hardest for it to not get released. So did the, the Uvalde Police Department. Because did you, did you see the footage? No, I don't. I can't. I don't know. They, if I can. they were just standing around. Didn't were they using hand sanitizer? At one point, yeah. The, one of the officers was just like they were standing around. He like pumped some some hand sanitizer, and they were just like looking around. They looked like they were cosplaying, and we're just walking around with like big guns, and just were like, yeah, yeah, we're here. We're doing this, and like nobody's doing anything. Like they're all just congregating. Yeah, the, and the, one was checking his phone. So like, like uh, yeah. Water. So, Cool. Pretty much, yeah, like, an hour went by before they were like, all right, people with ballistic, like, um, shields showed up, and they were like, all right, all right, all right, like, let's let's make moves. But in the video, yeah, you hear gunshots go off, and so everyone's like... I mean, and what's just so sad just so is the editing cringy. and attached to that gunshot, as what we had talked about in the view, was children, and you could hear the children if you, if they added that part back in. Um, Brandon and I, for a little bit, I showed you like a second and you couldn't even stomach it, the video from Buffalo. When I came oh, yeah. No, 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 um, no. And, and, and I saw the footage of Buffalo and I think that while as traumatic and awful as this foot, these footages are that's going around, I think it is needed for those people who don't believe in what's going on, especially in those middle America places, um, looking at you, Texas. Um, I, I really think that it is needed, but I do think, as Ashley said, there has to be some kind of warning for the families, mm -hmm. and because these are people, these are people who were mm -hmm. murdered, and it has to be some type of warning. They weren't just people; they were children, and they were children. You're absolutely right. And, and if if Republicans are so pro-life, question mark? If they are so pro-life, <laughs> big question mark. Because let's be honest, they're not. No. No, they're not. It's, it's very sad. You know, people are attached to that. Children, as Brayden said, and we need to make sure that we are, um, we, we are respecting that. And we're letting parents and families and everything know. So what do y'all think about, speaking of which, of what's going on in Texas right now, about uh, the pregnant lady, um, let me make sure I get her name, Brandy uh, Bowden. Uh, she's fighting the 
traffic ticket that she received in Dallas, Texas. She was driving mm. in the HOV lane, uh, just to give you guys a little bit of background. She is pregnant, and when she was driving in the lane, the police pulled her over, they were like, There's, this is for two people, and she said, well, the second person within me, she's 34 weeks pregnant, and she said, the second person's in my belly, and they yeah. said, well, you're still getting the ticket, and she's like, well, I'm taking you all to court, and I'm suing because under the new law, yeah, said, this is this is a child. This is life. This is a human. This is a human. So honestly, as much as people are laughing at this and, and as goofy as they're like, this is goofy. I think this can make real big change. I agree. This happening. I think this could be a really really good thing. What do you guys think? Yeah, one hundred. Yeah. Like, class. Yeah. 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 I think you should also be able to claim um, a fetus on your taxes. Word. Hundred per. And then women that get like that lose their child, they should get like um, death insurance, like all of that. Like if you're gonna treat that person like the fetus, like a child, then let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. it. I mean, where's the argument? Fucking pissed off. (laughs) Yeah, I mean to to be clear, the baby. Um, for Brandy, it's due in early August. So for me, that's very, very interesting that they are now trying to fight this and now CNN just came out and was like, people, you need to stop cheering for this. This is not the right thing to cheer for. And it's like, is it not? Because this is, and, and again, when people are making these rules and these laws about what you can and can't do, y'all need to be very careful, Republicans, when you're making this, that you think about everything, including yourselves, because you too will be affected. When you make laws thinking you're getting back at the Democrats or the liberals or the snowflakes, as you call us, you're people too that live on this planet. So get ready, because you're going to be destroying your own homes and families. So when your young daughter gets pregnant and it's too early for her to have a baby and you want to take her, and remember, you set a law in motion where she cannot get an abortion. Well, they'll they'll be able to get an abortion because they're rich white people. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they won't have any issues with that. Yeah, well, we'll definitely. But they can all go to hell because you know who's watching? The good Lord above, and he sees all. She sees all. And they're all all going to hell. Every Republican on this planet going to hell. All right, Braden. Uh, <laughs> down, uh, down, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, while we go get Braden some juice, so right. you can call back. <laughs> please juice show me. Drink please juice stick show around me. with us. We'll be right back with musical artist Alex the Astronaut, and we cannot wait to talk to her about all of her new endeavors. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Hi, guys. All right. So excited for our next guest. We have musical artist Alex the Astronaut. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm good. I'm good. I, um, yeah, it's morning here. So just had some uh, orange juice and some porridge and, yeah, ready for the day. Okay. Where, where is here? Where are you right now? I'm, I'm in Sydney, Australia. Ah, I love it. I've never been to Australia. I've always wanted to go. You should do it. You should do it. For our listeners who may not know what porridge is, <laughs> please, please explain. It's, it's oatmeal, right? Yeah, it's yes, yes. Okay, thank you for that. I, 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 I actually like, didn't know either because it's the first, <laughs> like, I was just like, like what Goldilocks did. Like, I was like, back in porridge. <laughs> so it was always oatmeal. I feel like you just cracked the case for us, Alex. <laughs> Oh, good. I'm glad I could be of assistance. 
let the record show I knew what it was. Oh, you did. Okay. I, did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what Bordeaux was. Right. <laughs> so, go, so going off of that, I want to talk about, so you were born, were you born and raised in Australia? Yeah. Yeah. I lived in, uh, I've lived in, I lived in London when I was little, um, but my parents are from Melbourne, which mm-hmm. is another Australian city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I went to uni actually on Long Island. I went to college on Long Island. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's amazing. In, in New York, yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The last time you've been and visited New York. Pardon? When is the last time that you've been and visited New York? Um, in March, I uh, I went and played South by Southwest in Texas, and then I had a show. Uh, I had a couple of shows: LA, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and New York. So yeah, I got to see my old friends and spend the day in New York. Yeah. Those are all the places we hit. So yeah. we're, we're from Texas. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. meant to be. No, I was going to say South by South. Like, you totally forgot to play that. Like, how was that? How was that experience? It was amazing. I got really lucky. I had, like, um, five shows, and one of them I got to play between Wet Leg and Best Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, someone was sick, and I just got the call up. So I was, it was incredible. Yeah. And I'd never been to Austin before either. So it was, yeah, it was really fun. I love that. Did, did you, you get, get some? What were you bar- gonna say? I was gonna, did you get any good like barbecue? Wow. Right. Wow. Both of oh. us thinking about food. I was about to say that about that too. Yeah, and like I, I got taken um, by my label to a barbecue place, and I, I just didn't realize how good it is. Like, I don't know. I just didn't know it was missing from my life. Like, yeah. I was. They were like, you have to have barbecue, and I was like, okay. Like, I mean, I've had barbecues before. Like. In Australia, that's like a normal kind of thing, but it's not the same. No. It's no. And like the mac and cheese was the best mac and cheese I'd ever had, and the brisket, oh, yeah. and just like I don't know, it was it was so good. I kept telling everyone, and then everyone here had the same reaction. They're like, "Why do you what What's the big deal?" But I feel like you have to experience it first. Like it's so yeah. crazy. in New York, like when people say, "Oh, we have a barbecue." I remember I went to my first one. They were just grilling hot dogs and and burgers. Yeah. cute, but I thought you were gonna have some ribs and some links. I don't know. Right. Oh. If you if there's not corn on the grill, like yeah. corn on the cob, then like, I can't do that. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was good. That was a life changing. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it on your face. You're like you're thinking it back to it. You're like, wow. Right. Was... You can taste it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So enough about food. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're all getting hungry. So Alex, tell us how did Alex the astronaut get started? Um, well, I was actually in college in Long Island and I started, I'd been writing songs since I was like 12 and I'd played in restaurants and stuff. But when I was in New York, it kind of gave me the first shot to play, I guess, at like world-class venues. And I, I never really understood the music industry, which I think helped me because I was very naive and I was emailing like the whole of Williamsburg and being like so could I please play a show and they're like could you sell like 800 tickets or whatever and they were like and I'd just be like no but like I I promise I'll try really hard (laughs) (laughs) like yeah so I played like I ended up getting a few little spots at like the bitter end and um pianos and 
lots of cool little venues that had like housed amazing oh, songwriters over the years. And so it gave me a lot of confidence. And because they were songwriter nights, I got to play my own music. And like, I think that was just kind of life changing to get to, because I guess when you're at home and you're playing in front of home crowds, it's always like your mom and dad and like maybe a few friends and you just don't, I don't know. I felt like a bit, felt a bit stuck. Whereas to be able to go out there and just do that on my own, it just, yeah, I, I started recording songs while I was over in the US. And then it was funny. I sent the music back uh, home and emailed people at home. I was doing the same thing with managers and venues back here being like, can you please manage me? And they were like, no, you, you don't have any music. Like, but I actually emailed my managers that I have now who managed this, like the Bob Dylan of Australia, who's called Paul Kelly. And he was like my idol growing up. So I emailed them and said, hey, can you play my music to Paul Kelly? And they did. Wow. And then, um, yeah, kind of a few things later, I started getting played on the radio in Australia. And so I was in college, like going in my classes and stuff. And at home, I started getting played on the radio. I was kind of playing a few gigs in New York. And then when I got back, I kind of, yeah, had a, had a proper audience, which was just really surreal because I'd been away. So I didn't realize people knew me or my music. And yeah, I started getting recognized when I got home and I'd be in the car and like my songs would come on. And oh. it was just amazing. It was like a dream come true in the least cliche way but it's just like yeah I stepped off you know doing statistics class one and then back into Australia and started touring which was it was just so cool and yeah I'm so lucky wow that wow. seems like wow. a dream come true that's <laughs> on the plane ride over yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's amazing. And I, I can imagine your family feels great pride for that. Talk to us a little bit about how your family felt with this newfound fame and all of your songwritings and everything. I feel like they didn't really understand, like, like they did, but they didn't really know what was going on. Like yeah. all of a sudden, like my managers managed Paul Kelly, which is like everyone's idol in Australia everybody loves Paul Kelly it's like just a thing you you accept and everyone's right because he's great but yeah. like um I don't know I would go to shows and like one show I played all my family came my cousins and everything and Paul Kelly was there and no one could cope like my cousins chased him out of the venue oh my talking to him and like they just they just was all so excited and like I had the free drinks backstage so that was probably not helpful as well and like, oh. I feel like they coped with me I don't know getting a bit more recognized way worse than me like they all just went off like yeah but it's it was fun and like they continue to be not that well behaved at gigs, but that's why I don't that's invite my family nowhere. Sometimes my friends they can't go nowhere because we get together, we get we all get excited. It's on all of us, you know. Right. I think yeah. that sometimes in those environments, you're like, I'm hyped because you're performing, and it's like yeah. your family there's like, let's get lit, and then you forget yeah. it's like we don't went off the rails, and that's us 95% of the time. We love it, it's fine. <laughs> Mom is the best one, she goes and talks to everyone, oh, yeah. Wow. But anyway, they're good, they love it, and I think like my little sister comes to every event, like comes to every show and 
she sent me like her wrapped up of the year thing last year and I was her top listened artist oh yeah that was so cute and like so cute it's really wholesome it's like nice to be able to like all go to something together and like yeah I don't know Mm -hmm. yeah that's dope so tell us about your new single haircut and the story around because it's such a great one yeah um so I started writing haircut after I cut my hair, which makes a lot of sense. Um, I had I had actually a friend in New York who was a nurse and she was struggling to get masks and stuff. So I started raising money and said that I'd cut my hair at the end of it. And everyone was like, you're so nice. And I secretly had actually wanted to cut my hair before. <laughs> um, and so in the end, I, yeah, I shaved my head. and. It was funny, like, I think I knew I wanted to do it since I was, like, eight or something, but, yeah, it just gave me an excuse. And then afterwards I was like, oh, whoa, I actually feel a lot better about myself. And then, I don't know, I went through a whole two years of, like, what does this mean? If I cut my hair, does that mean I'm a boy? Or, like, does that mean I'm this? And, like, not really having any education on, like, gender through school or anything so I didn't have any language for any of it Mm -hmm. and I had some really great friends who like showed tv shows to me and stuff like that which really helped um I don't know if you guys have seen feel good the English show um it's on Netflix anyway the character like kind of is the spitting image of me (laughs) so someone sent me the show and the, the main characters having kind of a crisis and I was like this is not fair like how much <laughs> relates to me I don't want to watch it anymore but all of those things kind of got me to the point where I was like I don't really know like the answer like I don't really have an end point or uh, something to tell people right. um, and I was really worried about that with the song I was like oh I should I should definitely like you know have a conclusion like for people say like I'm this or I'm that and I just don't I don't know and I don't know if that's just the thing if that's the conclusion and so yeah and and I wanted to write the song and I kept rewriting it and I was trying to like you know be really vulnerable and say like everything I was thinking but in the end I was like oh the best moments I've had is talking to my friends about it and getting their help and and not really by them saying anything specific but just getting to spend time with them and knowing that they love me no matter what or whatever it is. And, yeah, I don't know, going to the mountains or walking around, all of that stuff helped. It wasn't really specifically talking about it. And I think that's such an important part of people's journeys with their gender or sexuality is just having people around that care about you mm-hmm. and may not they may not have all of the language or all the information for you. They may not be able to give you all the answers, but just to kind of know that they're there I think that that's been the biggest help along the way and then yeah I released the song and it's been so cute like people putting up TikToks of them like cutting their hair or like sending me messages of like last week I cut my hair and I feel really good about it and it's just I didn't realize it was such a universal thing like people going through whatever gender stuff like yeah hair is such a big deal and it's been such a cool thing, yeah, to share that with other other people. 
So Alex, getting a little bit more personal, what's been your experience with your journey with gender and sexual identity? Um, kind of just that really with gender and then with sexuality, I came out when I was about 19. It took a while to work out, I guess, what was going on because same thing. I didn't really have any language and then I had some really great friends around and yeah. And then it kind of got easier. Um, and then I guess one of the things was when I was in college, I released a song in Australia called not worth hiding. And that song became kind of the, we had a plebiscite, like a survey that was sent out where people could say yes or no to game to same sex marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a pretty, uh, are we allowed to swear? Shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, you cannot <laughs> fucking swear. Uh, <laughs> that time was a pretty, pretty shit house. And so, yeah, when, um, and it happened that the song had been planned for a while. It happened that the song came out on the radio in Australia at the same time as this survey thing was announced. And so I became like this pseudo leader, I guess, at like 21, um, because the story was about me coming out and it had all this, uh, yeah, it, I mean, the 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 uh, point of the song was it's not worth hiding who you are kind of if uh because you're perfect the way you are I think that's the chorus I've sung it a few times but that sounds about right um but yeah so I I guess I got kind of very much my story was uh I guess the reason why people may vote yes and they were deciding on whether to vote yes or no. And so I felt very responsible and I was very young and I was getting a lot of people share their stories with me. So it was kind of fantastic in one light and then in the other way, a big kind of scary time because I was just a 21-year-old kid who didn't really know everything about it. I'd just written my own story um and so I guess moving forward with haircut that was one of the reasons I didn't want to say a conclusion because I didn't want to say I was very bold in in not worth hiding which I think was pretty funny now because I had no idea what I was saying like I was saying it's not worth hiding who you are but I was 21 I'd just come out like you know and then with haircut I was like I just I actually don't know about what you know, it's scary. And that's, that's what I kind of wanted to say is like, nice. It's really scary. And it's nice to do these things with your friends who care about you. And that's all I kind of know. So yeah, it's been a bumpy, weird ride of like, I guess, personal journey and kind of a, I guess, a public journey and yeah. Um, and, and then we arrive here. So that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's all I can remember at least. <laughs> Extremely inspiring. Oh, thank think, you. And, you know, another one of your songs, Octopus, you know, yeah. you had that come out uh, when you found out about your recent uh, autism spectrum disorder diagnosis. Uh, so talk to us yeah. about that and how that can help other people, because it seems like, you know, you're getting people writing in about how you're inspiring them with your haircut. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like that could also inspire people with their autism oh, diagnosis? Yeah, it's actually been so moving. Like I got diagnosed like two years ago now. 
Um, and I'd always been diagnosed with anxiety and all the anxiety treatment didn't help. And then eventually the doctor was like, I think you should just get tested for this. And they said, in the end, yeah, you, you do have ASD. Uh, and I was so embarrassed about it. And I didn't realize how embarrassed I would be. And I was in the middle of writing this album and it had all these like very vulnerable moments. And I was like, oh, if I don't write about this, it's kind of a wasted opportunity. And then I'd seen the show um, My Octopus Teacher with the guy and the octopus, their friends. And um, yeah, so I kind of started, like saw that and thought, oh, it's cool that this octopus has all these skills and we underestimate it, um, but it's actually got so much that we can learn from and then it's kind of translated I guess to autism of like we underestimate people with autism constantly even though they're the people that have changed the world at every step of human development and we can see that with Einstein we can see that with like artists and actors or whatever we know that these people are here and we kind of say oh, they did this despite having autism. And I kind of went, oh, I, I think that actually they did it because they have autism. Mm. And I think that that really helped me to kind of be a bit more proud of it. Um, yeah, and it kind of does run a little bit, I guess, parallel to um, the queer community because I think so many people with um, the neurodiverse are ashamed of their, ashamed of who they are. and. I feel that um, when I released Octopus, it made me a lot happier and I got, I was so lucky to get people's stories come back and people saying my six-year-old's been diagnosed and it's now her favourite song or my 12-year-old has autism and is having trouble in school but now he's heard Octopus and he says he's an octopus and like it just makes you want to cry like you kind of uh, I, I don't know. I think it's amazing sometimes how music can can do that, can can link up, you know, little kids or 60-year-old men or, you know, people in their 20s or whatever it is. You can, yeah, all share this common experience. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, universal, I mean, universal music is the universal language, you know? And yeah. It's so awesome that you were able to translate that into your music and share that with people because it really does heal, you know, music helps shape us completely so Absolutely. you know so glad that you were able thank to. you so much <laughs> i'm getting so many compliments i love it <laughs> you know yeah. no but I, I really love it and I, I do love what you're doing and to continue to inspire the young people as they are you know you know in the ages you know i think back to when people I see 15 year old or something online, what was it the other day? We I was with somebody and like these kids were like going through it and I was like, you're going to some so young, baby. You are so we I feel like it was me and you together somewhere. And I was like, you're it's not so bad. Like you're right. just a little baby. Like you don't have it <laughs> hard yet. So but but you know, you think about it because social media is so big now. Yeah. And because yeah. it, it is really bad for them. Like mm -hmm. you know, yeah. we're so like, it ain't so bad because you don't have bills to pay. It's like it is bad because you don't know what they're having to go through on social media. So many kids are ready. Yeah. We heard about that. So it's good that your music is finding ways to touch those kids and hopefully mm -hmm. it's giving them a voice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the, um, that's the goal. Helping the, helping the kids is, is a good, it feels good. It's a nice um, part of music. I think I didn't really expect because yeah, I guess the radio is I'm mostly pointed towards um, like 
fans in their 20s or whatever it is. But, yeah, when you hear or you see a six-year-old has painted a little photo of you, you're just like, it just makes you cry like every time or like you can't, I can't cope with that. Like little kids see my songs, you're like, oh. That I just- think us at Pride the Podcast need to change our demographic target. We have to change it to six-year-olds. <laughs> Yeah, I need, a, I need a painted picture of myself. I feel like all I gotta oh do is draw a big old circle of me, and that's gonna be it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so many meanings. That, that, well, that's right. you're just a hole. I'm just, well, hey, look, we do that. <laughs> Speaking of just the hole, actually, I want to ask you some gossip, actually, Alex, about yeah. Call Me By Your Name. You spoke about how okay. that film was very inspiring. Do you feel like that film should continue, obviously, with the allegations against Army Hammer? We do a lot of hot pops on here, so I'm going to ask you that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't like, understand. I don't understand, like, how he could be a cannibal. I'm so confused. Like, I just didn't know. Like, I know, like, if people, you know, breaking the law, doing terrible things, like, yeah, get them off the screen. But when I heard that, I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Like, this is, like, freaking me out. And, yeah, I just, I don't even understand. So I feel like I couldn't look at him without thinking about that. Like, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Tim Timothy is so great in that role. We have to see what happens with him, you know? That's the main thing. Right. We don't really care about Aunt Annie anyway. It's more... How does he grow up and like his family? I want to keep seeing them from that movie. And like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it can go on without that guy. Um, and maybe he maybe he explains in it. Maybe he's like, I've been to therapy and it turns out I shouldn't be a cannibal. I mean, you know, he was in the movie uh, The Death of the Nile recently and, and they reduced his screen time in it like significantly oh. in the film and they were taking him in and out. And it was just like, it's interesting because I mean, we've we've heard, it's, it's very cut and dry when you know, you know people in the industry who, you know, sexually harassed someone or done all of those yeah. things. But, you know, but then when you hear about someone wanting to eat people, you, I'm, I'm kind of like, what? How do we, what are we, like, what are we actually talking about? Like, what are we doing? And like, he, really, he had messages. He was going to cook somebody. And I was like, what? I just like, can't imagine like, if you heard that about like your friend or something, like if your friend was like, yeah, I got in trouble, like, because I told everyone that I wanted to eat people. I don't even know how I would talk to that person. I'd just be like, you don't. I can't. Yeah. I'd be you like, I'm on the movie. Like, I it's can't. a thing, like that that movie Fresh that we watched. Yes. Have oh, you seen that yeah. movie? Oh, is that with Timothy with the new? Is that a new one with Hannibal? Uh, um, what's his um, name? Who plays the Winter Soldier? Um, Bucky. Uh, Sebastian Stan. Sebastian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, they have to pick a very good-looking person to be able to pull off that movie. Like, yeah. And I mean, he's. I don't know. He's I mean, a gorgeous man. I think Army, like prior to it, I was like, he's kind of cute. Like, but like, it's cute people who eat people because it, they have they they're. You have to be charming. You have to be charming. To, <laughs> you uh, charming. <laughs> oh, this is this is why eating red meat is affecting climate change. We have to stop <laughs> eating people. I think, yeah. I think you're onto something. Like we got to onto something. It's gotta stop. Um, good. No, I was going to say, so back to not eating people (laughs) and music. So your upcoming album, How to Grow a Sunflower Underwater, comes out July 22nd. How did you come up with that name and what can we expect from this album? Um, I 
I was playing around with like the, the bad version of that title was how do you keep hopeful through hard things? And so then I kind of worked with some more words and, and got to the end one. And I guess, yeah, I, I felt like one of the reasons why it was underwater was because I was doing lots of snorkeling. And I think that like comes up a fair bit in different songs because that was, that was something that helped me through all of the things that I was going through. Um, kind of, yes, I guess seeing into this other world and with the sunflower, it was like, okay, this is, this is an image for like brightness and hope and being happy. And how do you, how do you keep that going through life? Because I'd been through some kind of big stuff and then I got all these, this diagnosis and then I had this whole crisis and I was kind of like, this is, this is fucked. Like, this is quite fucked. And uh, I don't really know what to do with all of this. So I ended up, yeah, putting it into all of these songs and just working on these 10 songs as the different departments of, I guess, the fuckedness. It's, it's good that I can swear on this podcast. It's so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, I guess each one of them represents something I was going through. And so I, yeah, for example, for Haunted, it was about experiencing PTSD, which is something as a... I, I just assume was only something that people that were in wars experienced. Um, but when I started going through it, I was like, this is again, quite fucked. And so I tried to, yeah, paint that. And then the octopus and then the haircut and yeah. The, in the end, when they all came together, it was kind of the first album where I'd been so kind of vulnerable about things, but in a really like therapeutic way, I guess. It was mainly about my uh, therapy rather than, I guess, doing it for other people. And I guess it crossed over into, into being helpful for other people. But at first it was, yeah, I was recording it alone because not alone, alone, but I was writing all of the songs and then going in with the production team and building all of these songs without playing them to audiences, without having shows or anything. So it just felt like a very private, I guess, uh, recording process. And yeah, we built these massive songs. They've all got, you know, so much strings, so many horns and huge orchestra bits and huge synths and stuff like that. And yeah, I feel like in the end, out the other side, I listened back to it and I'm like, wow, this has been so therapeutic for me. I hope other people like it. So yeah, that's probably the conclusion is like, yeah, these are massive, massive uh, songs in terms of like their uh, instrumentation and like composition and then the subjects are relatively heavy sometimes but yeah just kind of what I was going through and yeah I don't know I hope people enjoy them I love that people are enjoying them because you are an out 100 artist <laughs> like, <laughs> from out magazine that's, a, that's incredible yeah um, yeah how was that getting that news? Uh, I didn't really understand what it was because my <laughs> public, uh, she's she's Zilla's the best. She's so great, and she called me. She she's my US publicist, and she was like, "You've got our one hundred And I was like, "I'm gonna need you to explain that to me, Shaz." And she was just like, "This is like very good. This is a very good thing." And I was like, "Okay, I get that." And then I like 
it didn't quite get it till it came out and all the other people on it. I was like, oh, I should not be on this. This is fun. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, it's like a cute little magazine or something like with like, like, oh, oh, shit, I should have like, you know, like we did the photo shoot for it in my house and I like had just like grabbed random clothes and like I had done this TV thing a few days before and I was like, I can wear this, right? And then all of a sudden when I was like sitting on the computer when it came out, I just was like, (laughs) 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 so yeah, it was really cool. I think, yeah, it's, it's funny because I feel like sometimes it's like, I mean, it's not the same, but like with Olympians, you always get to say you're an Olympian. And like in Australia, we have the Arias, which is like the Australian Grammys. I got nominated for one. So now all the time I get to be Aria nominated. Time I get one time, like out 100 Aria nominated artists. I'm like, that's, that's fun to say. I like that. Yeah, I like it. It's yeah. I feel like it was like funny as well because yeah, we weren't traveling at the time, so I didn't really see. But I had did see when I went to the US and played shows, like I had a lot more of a queer audience. So I wonder if that kind of was tied um, together. Yeah. Wow. Likely. That definitely was hand in hand right there. Yeah. That is so amazing. I'm, we're so proud of you for all your success. Oh. Uh, thank you so much for like coming and joining us and sharing with us your story and your music and just your honest all around heart. Now, for our listeners out there, can you tell them where they can find you online to hear more of your music and to connect with you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on, I guess, any of the music streaming platforms. Uh, I'm, my name is Alex the Astronaut uh and then yeah i'm on instagram i think it's alex the astronauty uh, <laughs> i was actually gonna say that earlier and i was like i like that because yeah. <laughs> i kept people always spell astronaut wrong uh with a gh and so me and my band always put a y on the end so that's astronauty uh yeah, but yeah. Like all of the professional astronauts should be astronauties yeah, yeah. Like everyone would be so much more interested in space if they exactly. were called astronauts oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah yeah and then i think my website's alextheastronaut.com uh sorry if it's not <laughs> i think it is <laughs> you're like go let me figure it out <laughs> so again Alex, thank yeah thank you so much I just wanted to say, yeah, like you guys are so great. It just seems like you've got such a good thing going. So yeah, well done. And thank you for having me. Well, I was going to tell you to come back, actually. That's yeah. what I oh, mean. I can come back. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I love to come back and, you know, we come and visit Australia and we'll like knock on your door and yeah. have, have some porridge. Now that we all yeah. know, now yeah. that three of us know what it is. Right. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I actually kind of lied to you because the porridge is here. I I mean, I oh, have had things, but it's been cooling down because I kind of almost set it on fire. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that. Well, listen, go enjoy your porridge and the rest of your day. Again, yes. thank you for coming and talk to us here at Pride the Podcast. And we look forward to speaking to you more soon. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great night. Welcome back.
we're back, we're back. <laughs> I love fucking Mario. Thank you so much, Alex. It was so nice talking to you. You are such a treasure. Yeah. We cannot wait. And thanks for waking up so early. Yeah. And we can, <laughs> cannot wait till we get the link together. She was eating her porridge. So we mm. uh, we accept, I actually knew what porridge was. Nobody else did. We right. thought it was oatmeal, but you know. So yeah. it, was, it was good uh, kicking with her. So guys, we've been doing this podcast for a while now. Yeah. Too long. About going on what two and some change? Yeah, man, we've been. Yeah, out I mean, I personally love that we've been able to give voice and recognize so many things within the LGBTQ community and just the world in general. Also, last week, as you know, we celebrated Non-Binary Day. Uh, so happy Non-Binary Day, passed to all of our non-binary listeners and fans dance. out there. Just to give people a definition for those of you who need a little education, non-binary or genderqueer is an umbrella term for gender gender identities that are not solely male or female, identities that are outside the gender binary. Non-gender identities fall under the transgender umbrella since non-binary people typically identify with the gender that is different from their assigned sex, mm -hmm. though some non-binary individuals do not consider themselves transgender. So just to give everyone a little bit of um, information out there, I think it's always important even for us as queer people to continue to learn mm -hmm. what things are what they mean and how people want to be identified because your identity is the one thing that you have control over in a way so yeah and things are getting better where people are recognizing and, and, and understanding more and you know more and more as i like work in production i see people put like their tags like they yeah. them or mm -hmm. he she or, i mean not he she well sometimes he she mm -hmm. but uh you know Hershey and all that, and it's nice. It's nice to see. Yeah, it's in my email uh, mm -hmm. signature now. At um, work. Me too. Mine is was he him, and then the other day I had people at work laughing. I put don't call me anything. Don't even call me. No, right. <laughs> don't don't call me by your name. Don't don't do it. And they were like, girl, please take this out. I was like, sure. Okay, I was just kidding. I had um something come up the other day at work. So whenever we have like a visiting colleague come in, I send out a blast email. It's like, hi, we have this person coming in. Well, in it, they have gender-specific pronouns. I changed it, and I was just like, if you see them around, introduce yourselves and make them feel at, at home. Mm -hmm. Well, I sent it to, you know, whoever, and was like, hey, does this look okay? And they were like, well, um, change they to he. And I was like, well, I don't really know their pronouns. So, but I did it anyway, and then yeah. I, I felt bad. I didn't, I didn't feel bad. I was just conflicted. I was just like, should I ask? <laughs> he stopped you from being woke. He's yeah. Stopping from being woke. Is there a way you can speak up about it? Uh, yeah, I could probably bring that up to somebody. Mm -hmm. I was just like, hmm, well, I don't really know what their pronouns are. I'm sure they are he, him, but you don't know. I don't know. You don't know that. Did y'all see that like huge, I don't want to say argument, just like a heated exchange uh, between Senator Josh Hawley and Professor Kiara Bridges? Yeah. Yes. No, tell me about it. They were doing like some abortion hearing and Josh Hawley, who was on the committee, is like asking all of her all of these questions. She's like, your line of questioning is transphobic. So basically, basically she had to like explain what transgender means. He was asking like all of these wrong questions. He was like, I don't understand what transgender has to do with abortion. She was like, yeah, I did, I, I did see a clip of that. Yeah. yeah. And then she was like, then you're the definition of transphobic. She yeah. was like, men, trans men can have 
babies. Trans trans men have the capacity to give birth. Yeah. Right. And they're like, some women do, some women don't. Yeah. And he was like, I don't understand. Anyway, that went viral and it showed his complete ass. So he needs to be locked up any damn way for his little part in the insurrection, getting up there, throwing the fist up and Mm -hmm. inciting Mm -hmm. these fools. Mm-hmm. Um, he, about that one guy who apologized. Know, yeah, he apologized, was crying, and then who? Brett Kavanaugh? Oh, <laughs> no, he's proud of what he did. Right, with his no teeth, having ass. He has not one thing about. I don't know. It was some, yeah, some redheaded dude who was who who pled guilty and went to the Capitol Police and was like crying to them and apologizing. And they say, keep your apologies. We don't like, Well, he told, he did, the Capitol Police did say, I don't accept it because I have a lot of other things going on at the time. So I, I'm not in a place to accept that apology right now. He said it just seemed very performative um, yeah. and that wasn't something that he wanted to do. Speaking of performance, did y'all see that Donald Trump killed his ex-wife, Ivana? Oh, okay, shit. don't be um, spreading so that propaganda. So, so the, pro- the, producers, <laughs> the producers just came in. Um, the producers did say there is no proof of any wrongdoing done. Well, it'll take it'll take a year and a half or two years, just like the January 6th hearings for it to come out. But Donald Trump, I know it in my heart, killed Ivana. <laughs> I think Ivana said that she needed to check out to get away from her crazy family. And, you know, on a serious note, um, I do feel for her grandchildren um, to lose someone. No one, I mean, there are a lot of people who should not be on this earth, but I'm sure her grandchildren are really missing their grandmother right now. So, you know, love to them. I'm sure that um, her children, as twisted as they are and as manipulated and molded by their father as they are, they're missing their, their mother. Because from what I've heard and what I've read, Ivana Trump was a really wonderful person. Because That's she what I've heard and read too. Get out of a marriage to the devil. So, you know, yeah. for who are missing her and those who love her, wrap your arms around them today because it sucks to lose anyone. But yeah, she said that. And I think in, in her memory, we should all watch the First Wives Club. I oh, love yeah. that movie. Well, we should watch that. Yeah. That- Don't get even. Get everything. Did you watch the series? No. What, starring Ashley mm. Mitchell. You should have watched it. Ashley What's Mitchell. it on? Huh? It What's was- it on? Only on Oxygen? I think so. I think so, too. Yeah, but... If I think it's in the first episode or maybe the second one, but I was the stand-in for Joe Scott. So oh, that's right. <laughs> so let's see my grubby little hand in there. Grubby. Grubby little hand got a check though. Uh, okay. Okay. Did you cash it? You know what? It, it bounced. <laughs> probably, you, probably. Probably. It was probably smoked it up though. If it was a Trump check, you know it bounced. Oh yeah. Um, so one little thing I want to talk about before we go, um, obviously talking about safe Q spaces um, around the world. So the Q nightclub here in New York City um, actually has a lawsuit that's going on about allegations of discrimination and illegal practices at the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically what has happened is it is being alleged by one of the previous partners, Frankie Sharp, um, that his co-owners Robert Flewell and Alan Pickus were racist and discriminatory against hiring people of color and basically said that they never wanted to hire somebody based off of their color only. They wanted to make sure they hired the right people, which obviously goes without saying. Um, However, 
Stu um, Fluid and Pegasus came back and said they never said such thing. And people who work for them that are of color said that they've always felt free to fair by them. And it seems like that Frankie Sharp, who's the one, the legendist, is the one who is having the issue. And he said that yeah. they came to him and said, we need to make this place comfortable for white twinks and not alienate the white boys. Mm -hmm. um, and he said he did not want patrons coming in who looked like they were from the Bronx. <laughs> yeah. He also followed up and saying, I don't need to break my back to hire people just because they're black or trans. Oh, make your man. Latin, and then make sure your Latinites are the good kind of Latins, not Blatinos. Blatinos. <laughs> Blatinos. I heard that term in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where is Blatinos. this club? Black Latinos. Uh, oh. The Q is a new place in Hell's Kitchen. Mm -hmm. uh, it is on 43rd and 8th. Oh wow! Oh, that's gross. So it's called the. It's basically the Q experience, and what it is, it's not just a nightclub. It's a. I think there's a pool there. It's a hangout space. I think it's a hotel. It's kind of like, like a members club. Yeah, it's kind of like the place um, that used to be in Times Square called the Out Hotel that had a nightclub as well, but it had a hotel. It's kind of one of those kind of nightclub experiences because they don't even like to refer to themselves as a nightclub. They call themselves an experience. Gross. So right now they're experiencing yeah. a lawsuit. So we'll see how that go. Well, shoot. Yeah. Anyway, well, guys, this has been really <laughs> fun. Well, stupid and right. Well, we basically bring that up. We hope that. We never like to see our queer spaces that we go to show signs of discrimination. I mean, we're already a discriminated against group. So what I'm hoping for and asking those spaces out there is please don't make it even more of an issue within the walls of where we come to have a good and safe time. Don't make people feel alienated because of their size, their color, their gender, their everything. Like, let's just try to have a good, safe place so we can continue to come and hide. Because if we can't come there, then where are we going to go? Rock bar in. Um, NYC. There. Who will let any and everybody in? <laughs> Jim Bar. Jim Bar. Jim Bar. Please go visit Jim Bar. They're great. Also, Rebar. Also, Barracuda. Rebar. Also, um, Braden Bradley's apartment in Chelsea. Hey, 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 hey. I'll give an address. Which I just said Chelsea. Two, two. Uh oh. oh. Can I get a two, two? Can I get a two? I was like, wait. Oh. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. We're going to scratch that from the record. All right, guys, guys, thank you again. We're going off the rails as usual. Right. Please find <laughs> us online. You can find me at I am Daryl Anthony on Instagram, Daryl Anthony on Twitter. My Twitter is not safe for work. But you know, you might see some shit you might like, so go ahead and follow it. It's fun. Yeah. You can follow me, Ashley Aaron M, on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all that jazz. You can find me, Adam Andrew Rios, at Boxwine Poppy with a zero on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. My, my Twitter is not safe for work. Um, yeah. And I am Mr. Braden Bradley. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Braden Bradley. And my address is <laughs> Also find us on Pride the Series at Instagram, Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Pride the Series. You can email us at PrideTheSeries at gmail.com. Thank you guys for checking in with us. Actually, you have something else? Oh, yes. I wanted to say our friend Takara just premiered in mm -hmm. the show Everything's Trash. It's on Freeform. You can stream it on Hulu. Please go check it out. Takara Cash. She's amazing. And so good. It's so show, fun. The show is so fun. And I can't wait to see, like, the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. You, like, podcast uh, 
It'll be <laughs> you may see a little something, something. Yeah, <laughs> it's really fun. Until next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.